Welcome to the Central Group Leadership Podcast, a podcast to inform, instruct, and inspire you toward creating community within your church. Here's your hosts, Pastor Anthony Matrone and Pastor Sarah Marsiglio. All right. Well, welcome again to the Central Group Leadership Podcast, episode number Eight. Eight. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> I almost forgot for a second. Well, if you found us, we're so thankful that yeah. you did. This podcast is all about um, helping you lead your group to closeness with God and with others. Absolutely. And so we hope today's podcast will do that. In a little bit, we're going to share an awesome interview we had with Jason Sniff, uh, who co-wrote the book, Leading Small Groups That Thrive. Yeah. But first, before we get to all of that, Let's Sarah, chat. <laughs> today is Monday, <clears throat> it is Monday in our world. Yes. If you're listening to this, it's probably not Monday because right. we'll release it later, obviously. But you have something coming up I in a couple do. of days. I am getting married in five days. <sighs> that is crazy. Do you feel good? It feels, well, <laughs> if, I'm very excited. All the wedding stuff. Anyone who's been married knows this, understands. Yeah. So today, speaking of it, today, uh-huh. Noah Had a little road I, bump? Yeah, a little road bump. My fiance and I, Noah, we went to the courthouse to get our marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple, right? Like Boom. you do, yeah. Yeah, well, it's Truman's holiday. <laughs> our one president from Missouri, yeah. so they are closed. It's so. important around here. Yeah, we still don't have that. We celebrate that one. We do. And you can't get a marriage certificate <laughs> no, on that they're day. They're totally closed down. Wow. Well, you know, that's sort of something like that happened to me, too, when yeah. we were, my wife and I were getting married. Well, we went to go get our marriage certificate in the state of Missouri, because okay. that's where we were living. Right. But we were getting married in California a few days later mm-hmm. and realized, oh, we can't actually use the Missouri marriage certificate oh. if you get married in another state. So what we had to do is actually get married earlier, mm-hmm. five days earlier. Nice. Just, before our actual Just wedding. casually get married. Just casually got married in my parents' living room. Wow. My dad married us. It was, And then you went and got married again. Yep, got married again, <laughs> for real. And uh, we Aww. celebrate our actual wedding day. Okay. Um, we don't Not the living room? We don't celebrate June 7th. No, <laughs> that one doesn't... We don't actually even talk about it. It doesn't even come <laughs> up. We Actually, we were, we were working on passport stuff the other day and, and remembered that. So, yeah. Wow. All right. So, Jason Sniff. All right. Enjoy, We're really excited. Guys. Let's give him a, a oh. quick little bio because we want to talk about him. Jason is a pastor of small groups at Eastview Christian Church in Normal, Illinois. He's a licensed professional counselor with over 15 years of experience in developing group life within the private and public sectors. Jason has consulted and created ministry content and training for a number of ministries. And uh, he, again, co-wrote the book Leading Small Groups That Thrive. We've mentioned this book before in our podcast. It's a great book. If you haven't um, read it, pick it up. It's a great book, and we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Hope you enjoy yep. this interview. Well, hey, Jason, it is so good to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Sarah. appreciate the invite. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Anthony read your book uh, a while ago, and he brought it up yeah. in one of the past podcasts, and then... I took a look at it, and we're really excited to have you share a little bit about about that with those today listening. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit? Um, obviously, you, you co-authored this book with two other people. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us kind of where the beginnings were and what inspired you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a quick background is working in ministry for almost, well, 12 years now. And uh, before that, I had worked for another 12 years before that in higher education. So mostly Christian universities. Um, also worked at Illinois State. 
kind of in the counseling and also student life area. So always working with people and groups. One of my stops was at Colorado Christian University, and that's where I met Dr. Ryan Hartwig. He is actually my my supervisor, but okay. our families became fast friends, and we've been kind of lifelong friends wherever we've gone. Very cool. Since then, so that's how that's my connection with him. He uh, wrote a book called uh, "Teams That Thrive" with Warren Bird, and that was a research based book on leadership teams within ministry. Okay, and it's actually been really helpful. Our church has used it. It's probably helpful for leadership type teams, and so that was the precursor and that's got some good success. It's still, uh, I think it's in its like 10th print or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he's doing really well with that. But then um, his, his publishers approached him some years later. was like, Hey, what about a sequel to this thrive thing? What about something else in ministry? So Ryan was like, well, small groups. Uh, he's always been a part of it. And was, we've always kind of wondered like what makes some groups thrive and others not, mm. you know, to use that language. And so that was kind of the genesis of it. He called me up because of our friendship. Um, I, I always tell him, I'm like, there are a lot of uh, way better practitioners and pastors out there than, than I, but it's because of our friendship. So I really yeah. appreciated that. And that, that started, he was working at Azusa Pacific at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of his colleagues, uh, Dr. Davis, Courtney Davis, uh, was also interested. So that's how we all came together. Awesome. Uh, and it started out just as a research idea. Like what does... Mm-hmm. Um, make some some groups thrive and others don't the the kind of the main question behind that is like to what effect does a small group affect individual members spiritual growth and that really kind of took took shape uh we created some some ways to gather the data uh what i love about this adventure is that uh we it's interdenominational so we got about close to 100 different churches cross denominations and we said hey give us your best three small groups and tell us why. And so then we talked with those leaders uh, of those and, and just garnered information. But then my favorite part is that we also got to talk with the group members mm. of those groups. And so that layer is something that doesn't um, exist in, in many kind of small group books out there. Yeah. And so that provided something really special for us. We didn't necessarily know it was going to become a book. Long story short, uh, there's kind of a podcast journey in that in and of itself. Uh, but it became one. And so we're super excited because we found that there are some things, some shifts that anybody can make. And right. if, if you make these shifts, it's not it's not necessarily formulaic, like it's automatic, but it will allow for groups and uh, those who are part of groups to really um, understand what it could be yeah. along the way. And so that's what's behind that. It's, it's, it's actually something that I use in my own ministry here. Uh, as I'm writing these things, I'm like, oh, we don't. We actually don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh man, we really missed the mark. It's <laughs> been helpful too. It's certainly not a, hey, we do this and you should too. It's a, this is what research says. And this gotcha. is what group members say. So long story short, that's kind of the genesis of it. And it's become a really fun thing. Yeah, that's great. Well, so good. really love the book. And I, and I think, I think you kind of touched on it, but I think what's cool about the book is that it's written to group leaders, not necessarily just yeah group pa- small group pastors right. uh, to create a, a small group ministry it's for it's for the leader itself and how do you kind of create a, a, a group that thrives together so I really love that yeah super exciting and you already kind of gave a sneak peek about what are these five shifts right <laughs> so we're gonna right, dive right. into that super excited for this so there's five shifts that will allow you to take your group to the next level and in your guys's book each chapter there's a whole chapter dedicated this to the, so those who are listening right now 
We're going to touch on this, but you got to read the book yourself to dive into it deep. But (laughs) let's, let's touch on this. So the first one was confused to compelling. Can you just help identify what does confused look like and how do you start shifting to compelling as a group leader? Yeah, that's great. I am appreciative of being able to do this. So this is from a lens of a leader, Mm -hmm. right? And often we find that group members and leaders sometimes just get confused as to why they gather and why small groups exist, why they meet. And so what this is getting at is that the, the best leaders, we call them catalytic leaders. There's a definition and a reason for that in the book. You can check that out if you want. But we just say catalytic leaders articulate a clear purpose, and they do it over and over and over. Mm. So it's kind of the foundation for these shifts, right? So it can be confusing from time to time. You just lose your way. Uh, and so to have for a leader to be able to remind the group members and to have it at the center, like this is why we meet, right? You know, mm-hmm. if, or if let's say one of the purposes, I think we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but let's just say one of a purpose of a group is to um, really um, hone in on parenting skills. And then you have a couple that shares an experience where they tried something different. As a leader, you go back to that and you're like, that's exactly why we meet, right? And mm-hmm. you just reemphasize that over and over. So that's the first one is to really, Really just know why. Why are we meeting every week or every other week? Or yeah. why do we meet for five hours and that, that kind of thing? So <laughs> that's the first shift. Awesome. And you said, you say over and over again, how much is too much? How little is too little? <laughs> like, where's that? Yeah. I Well, it might be a sign that you've said it enough when group members are like, yeah, 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 we get it. Like, <laughs> right. they're Grove Elementary. We got that. We're doing that, you know. So if they begin to... Um, articulate it back, then you know you've said it. Uh, it's saturated, right? Okay. That's a, it's a good saturation. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. so important. Um, there was a point in this book, and I don't know if it's the next shift, disengaged to dedicated, um, and if not, we can we can talk about it in a minute. But remember it's saying that one of the, one of the biggest indicators of a successful small group is a, is a group leader that prays. Mm-hmm. Was that part of this, this next shift, or, or am, I, yeah. am I getting ahead? No, no, you're you're good. This is this is the one where you know the leaders really set the stage, set yeah. the tone for what groups for what happens within a group. Mm-hmm. So, this is anything from when you're just starting a new group, when you're launching it, you know, whatever the right terminology is that that ministry is used there. Uh, how you do that really matters. So, how you spend your time. One of that, one of those that we found is praying. Uh, and so, the best groups, based off of our research, spent a certain amount of time praying and not uh, just kind of the wandering kind of prayer, but intentional prayer. Mm. Along with that, leaders, the best leaders were those that prayed outside of their groups for group members and with group members. Okay. And so that, that's really kind of, you, you really kind of set the stage and you're modeling what you want to see happen within a group time. Uh, and, and that is that big, that's that second shift. Because often people are like, yeah, yeah, we want to get in groups. And leaders are like, yeah, I want to help facilitate and, and be a part of something good but you got to know what you're going to do. Right. And right. so there's something in there that we just say, like, you know, if, if you meet somebody's felt need and provide structure for it, then you set the stage for a good small group. Mm. Kind of where that goes. So mm-hmm. prayer is one of those big ones in there. That's good. Awesome. So what, good. what other ways can, can leaders be dedicated, move from that disengaged to dedicated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you think ahead of time of just what your um, frequency is, how often you're going to meet, where you're going to meet, mm. Um, teaching, you know, teaching folks, folks teaching, teaching group members uh, how to interact with one another well. Uh, 
that's really tricky on the front end because most people are, are leaning towards you as a leader to, you know, to lead and that they, they expect you to talk all the time, but you really, you're trying to just lob stuff up for people mm. to latch onto and take. Yeah. And so you're sharing that, which kind of gets into the third shift in a moment here, but, but you're really um, modeling that well. Okay. And so good. When you draw other people in on the front end of things, then you've also set a, a culture of other people can be a part of it. It's awesome. Well, one, sorry, sorry. One, one more thing I want to touch on there before, because I think it's really important. Um, and one of these things that some people do really well, some people don't feel comfortable doing it, but, but is that, that invitation? Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you guys successful um, at getting your group leaders at your church and elsewhere to invite people to their group? Like what, what, what type of tools are you guys using for that? Yeah, that's a great question. And so I, you know, I, I would say take this into your, your uh, context at central assembly and, and see if it works or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, we actually did this in our last kind of, we do some campaigns every fall. We, we have a series that everybody goes through at the same time and it's a way to generate new groups and we encourage people to get in. Uh, and we tried this last time based off of some of the things within the book, which is everybody probably knows one or two people, one or two couples that are not connected or that they just want to do things with. Mm. Uh, and so we just called it you and two. And we just said, hey, pick out two people, two couples, depending on kind of your demographic and your age, wherever you're at, uh, and invite them to do this study with you. And no other strings attached to that. Just, hey, we're going to go through this five week or six week or seven week study. And we're, it's going to be on this. I, I'm interested in it. We'd love to do it with you. And we'll meet at my house uh, or wherever people feel safe. Yeah, right. Days, right? <laughs> so hopefully it's in homes. But, <laughs> but that's one way to do that is that personal invitation, which post-COVID, is what, that's what I like to call where we're at right now, is yeah. there are people waiting for an invitation. You're right. It's working within our context. I think it might be within yours too. Absolutely. But, yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So identifying the people that are just right around you. Uh, is a good way to start with that. That's awesome. Yep. I was thinking the same thing, Anthony, so I'm glad that you brought that up. (laughs) Awesome. All right, so let's go to then the third shift, which is this idea of MindTar. So you invited um, your people, you're gathering together. Now we're trying to share Mm -hmm. some ownership. Now we're trying to make the group feel like I'm not just, this isn't all about me. This is our group. What are some tips to make that shift happen? Yeah, and, and this, this one takes a little bit of time, uh, and we're coming up against some, some cultural, current cultural things, too, along the way. But I just like mm-hmm. to call it a dance. So there's a dance uh, with shared ownership, right? So it's, mm-hmm. uh, when groups start, like I said earlier, a lot of people are looking to a, a leader or a group of leaders to set the stage, and you got to do that. Right. But then pretty quickly, you got to begin to um, create space for people to step up into. So it's as simple as, you know, if, if your group um, records her requests and sends them out, have somebody else do that. You know, so it'd be like, hey, Sarah, would you mind writing down the, the prayers this mm. week and then sending them out in whatever way your group does that? Mm. So a smaller step, but there's that. Or if there's a need that comes up, having somebody else be the one to coordinate that. Or if there's an opportunity, like if your church is doing kind of a serve project or, mm-hmm. or there's an organization in town or a need, uh, asking, hey, who would like to lead this up? along the way in our own small group we have a family that that we've been walking alongside of for about a year and a half and a lady by the name of stephanie in our small group just loves that stuff and so Mm. she's she every week she gives us an update about Mm. uh, that family and tells us what we need to do that's cool (laughs) which is great because i don't have to i don't want i don't have to take care of that right so you begin to chunk some of that stuff out leadership wise or facilitating you could even just be like hey anthony 
next week, uh, I'd love for you to, you know, facilitate the discussion. Here's mm-hmm. the questions that I know of ahead of time. And, you know, spend some time on that. If you have any questions ahead of time, I'll be there and go that way. So th- those are a few things. Uh, but you begin to just ask and create space. Sometimes you can be super intentional. I don't know if this is devious or not, but I like to call it being um, strategically unavailable. Okay. And you forecast it, right? So it's like, hey, Sarah, I'm going to be gone in two weeks and would love for you to lead group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be glad to help you get prepared for that. Um, and then you go, so, you know, maybe you have vacation right. or whatever and you go, but the group continues and somebody else is leading and they get a taste of that. And then you follow up with them and just say, hey, what was, what seemed bright and fun for you? What, what freaked you out? Uh, I love <laughs> what that. Yeah. I love that. And so you're kind of nurturing people along the way. That's awesome. So yeah. there's a sense I'm hearing of like calling out leadership potential too and other group members. What about the group member who's who's newer to the group and you don't want to give mm-hmm. them too much responsibility. You don't want them to feel like, oh, here, but you want them to feel like you're part of this too. Like you are in this group. How do you navigate allowing them to be a part of that, our feeling? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I, some of that probably depends on maybe personality mm-hmm. and also uh, relationship. Um, but uh, I, I would venture to say that that might be an, a good excuse to meet with that person outside of group for just a one-on-one and just get to know them a little bit more. But also I'd say come, come uh, loaded with, with some, some true compliments. Mm. It'd be like, Hey Sarah, when you talk, people listen, or like, it seems like you uh, have some great insight in these areas. Tell me more about that. And I think Mm. that's a great contribution to the group. Right. So you, in in a genuine way, authentic way, um, you, you just draw some of that out and then say, how, how would you like to, um, you know, do that within the group or what do you, you know, what role do you see yourself playing within, within our group? Awesome. Something of that nature sometimes happens. Well. Right. Yeah. So next shift would be trivial to transformative. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, that has a lot to do with particularly what happens within the, your group gatherings and your discussions. And, mm. you know, this is where I think when, when you have groups that are online, you have to be more directive. And so as a leader, you're, you're kind of directing that conversation more. Uh, and so you have to be actually really creative in the midst of how do you really allow others to talk? Um, when you're in person, it's a little bit easier because you can kind of pause in different ways. Yeah. But this has everything to do with asking good questions uh, that, that moves us away from uh, teaching as leaders to the facilitating as leaders and engaging, mm-hmm. getting everybody to get involved in some way, shape or form. And so there's actually a formula out there um, on how you can shape and form questions that begin to uh, go from surface level all the way down into how do I apply and analyze this? And, you know, we, we cover that um, within that, within that chapter, yeah. but it's really about how do you stimulate discussion and not just, mm toss a ping pong back and forth to one person and, or tennis ball, you know, and then to the next, but yeah. letting that bounce, bounce around between the group. That's a sign of a good uh, discussion. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Love that. How to ask good questions. So mm-hmm. w- what are some, what are some tips there? How, how, how do you, I mean, obviously we don't right. want to ask yes or no answer type questions, but right. what, what are, what are some examples of, of a good question? Yeah, maybe I'll just go with what what isn't a good one. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's um, better. That would, I mean, yes, in, in general, I mean, Anthony, you're right on that. You want to ask a more open-ended question mm-hmm. and not just a yes or no because 
you know, people will, will share the minimum amount. Yes. Possible they'll, t- they'll, they'll take advantage of that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, uh, this is interesting. I, I learned this as we went through this process. This is where uh, Courtney Davis really shines in, in research, but a double barreled question. I do this all the time in interviewing settings with people. Hmm. You ask two questions. And then most people just remember either the first or the second, and then they're like, I forgot that. Yeah. The other one. So just ask one question at a time. Right. And, and pare it down uh, along the way. Things about things like, you know, okay, so if a topic is about grief or loss, an open ended question would be, hey, would you mind sharing about a time where you felt like you'd lost something? Mm. And, and just share that with the group. And then a follow-up, right? Not a two-part question. A follow-up right. would be like, what was something, one thing that was helpful for you as you walked through that? Uh, and so you're specifically trying to draw out stories from people. It allows them to share to a certain degree with what they feel comfortable with. So right. small example of that, I think. That's great. It's awesome. And helping that ours of the group, like mine to ours by sharing those stories too. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Super good. All right, the fifth shift, avoidance <laughs> to embrace. Those are quite drastically different. <laughs> like the two, two different continuums. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is, has everything to do with um, the great leaders or Catholic leaders really help embrace difficult conversations and help others model how to do it well. Mm. And I, you know, most people are like, okay, I'll, I'll manage conflict. A lot of people are just like, peacemaking and just you know <laughs> you silence your way through it whatever yeah. it is like avoid it like the plague but we found and this is research-based we found that every single one of the best groups that were given to us that were that you know that were um, um, designated to us by a teacher or I mean a, a pastor is was they all experienced conflict in some way shape or form and they talked about it mm-hmm. and they figured out a way to work through it together and it had a lot to do with a leader being able to either know what to do or learn what to do along the way. What was really interesting, this dives into it too, maybe too far, is that even if there's a perception of conflict, so let's say in reality there wasn't, but somebody perceived that there was conflict uh, and it was thought of that it was done well, that helped along mm-hmm. the way. So this has everything to do with finding ways to, um, when conflict happens, not if, but when right. conflict happens, to, for good ways for groups to walk through that. Right. And that's, I mean, conflict probably gets a bad rap, you know, because who likes conflict? Like if you're like, oh, I love conflict, that's a red flag. But conflict navigating as a group can be such a building experience and connecting experience if done successfully. Um, And let's be honest, it builds trust. Like if you're able to navigate a difficult conversation with someone, it builds trust and safety even in the group. Mm. Like they're not just going to pave over it, avoid it. Like you're saying, um, we're going to handle this and I can trust them to handle difficult things. Yeah, that's that's right on. That's well said, Sarah. Yeah. So good. That's good. Well, I love how all five of these shifts, I mean, they, they all work together. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I love, I love just the research base. Um, we all have room to grow in all of these things as, as group leaders, um, like you were saying before, you guys are still using the book um, um, in, in your church and with your leaders. Um, could you, before we before we wrap up, could you do you have anything, um, just an encouragement to our leaders um, or anyone else listening, or anything that you just anything else you want to just leave them with? 
Yeah, I, I would say it's, uh, this is one of the phrases that really stood out for me. And I, and I say this to our leaders. I think it applies to whether you're, you're leading adults or, or high school students or even, you know, children's groups, whatever it might be, that at the end of the day, it's not about what we do as much as it is what other people do because of what we do. Mm. And mm. Uh, what's behind that is that literally what we do does make a difference and matter. Yeah. And so approaching it with thoughtfulness, mindfulness, prayer, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, yeah. Yeah. allowing us to learn along the way. We don't have it figured out. I don't, I don't, maybe Anthony, you and Sarah, you guys might have a lot of, a lot of this figured out. but no. Not much. <laughs> Not much. But I, I think we just learn along the way. So give yourself right. grace and remember what the end goal is, is for everybody to be equipped as saints to do the work of ministry. Mm. And when we have that perspective, that, that guides a lot of different things along the way. That's great. It's awesome. It's great. Well, it's uh, leading small groups that thrive. Yeah. Five ships, five shifts <laughs> to take your group to the next level. Uh, we encourage anybody listening to grab this book and yes. read it. Um, if, if you're leading any sort of small group, can definitely help you. Jason, thanks so much for taking yeah. the time today. It's been really great to talk with you. Yeah, guys, I really appreciate it. I, I, I love what you're doing, uh, even in just listening with some of the other podcasts that you guys have done. You're you're really moving uh, in, in good directions. I love the kingdom work that you're doing. So, nice. Guys, if you're listening to this, let Anthony and Sarah know just how, how much you appreciate them. So, Guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> wow, that was an awesome conversation with Jason. Yeah. Thank you, Jason, for so taking awesome. the time. Uh, man, a lot, a lot in there yes. and more we could have gone I and mean, we could have him on, you know, another 20 episodes Easily. and not get through everything. He is Easily. an awesome person. Um, so yeah. Yeah. You if, think, Sarah? if you were listening to it, I mean, first we encourage you to read the book. That was just a mm-hmm. little grasp of some of the things, um, that were said in it. And so we talked about these five stages you may find yourself and maybe you were able to identify, yeah, that's kind of where I'm falling in my, um, group leadership style right mm-hmm. now. And that's what I need to do to take it to the next step. So we encourage you like identify that and and go read about it read how you can take it to the next step but really also this is lightly touched on in our conversation just now this concept of identifying your purpose and that's interwebbed in all the different um stages Mm -hmm. and places that you would take your group so we really encourage you to take some time to just reflect on what your purpose is as a group leader, what your purpose is in functioning as a group. Um, in the book, they wrote about the question, don't just say it's for community, say for community for what? Mm-hmm. Um, so break it down because for community is vague. It still isn't even that specific to the measures of why you're meeting or how you're meeting. So start to ask yourself, okay, community for what? And that will yep. really help guide your group, articulate your purpose. And Love so we that. just really probe you guys to take that away from this book and yep. this podcast. Yeah. So if you haven't had the chance to clearly articulate what your group is about, right. do that. And if you, you already, you, you've been meeting for a year, do that with your group. Totally. I mean, you guys can come up with that together. Uh, if you're going to be starting a new group at some point, make sure you're starting out with that. Yeah. Clearly articulate uh, your group's purpose. Uh, man, that was fun. Yeah, that was a good conversation. It was so great. Sarah, we're so glad you're getting married. <laughs> uh, Noah's a great guy. Yes. You guys are going to have a fantastic future ahead. And um, hey, if you're listening and you like the, ep- the episode or the podcast, um, please feel free to leave us a like, uh, a rating, and even comment on it. Totally. We'd love to hear your comments. Love so, it. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.